Welcome to the Catch the Fire London podcast. We hope that you encounter God as you listen to this message. We've got Alistair this morning. Yay! And he's going to be teaching us on joy. Hooray! You know, I love it when you get titles like joy for preaching because it means, you know, it's going to be a, an enjoyable one, not a condemning, condemning one. Yeah, tell us a joke, Alistair. I've got a list of really good jokes we used to do at conferences. You can start with if you want. I haven't got them to hand right now, so you go for it. But why don't you reach out your hand to Alistair? Why don't you bless him with the kind of prayer you want to measure the message you receive by? <laughs> so fill him up, Holy Spirit. Fill him to overflowing right now. Fill him up in such a mighty way that God, the, that his, your words would be so prevalent in him right now. Ho! That he'd be filled up with your power and your presence, God. And as he delivers this word this morning, would you release creation through him? But also, God, would you allow him to be so focused on your words that we almost become insignificant in the room because he's just talking with you this morning? Ha! So release your power in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I was just coming up the stairs when Dan said, we booked the room for another hour. And I just thought there's someone in there. Someone in the congregation who's thinking, oh, dear Jesus, please don't let this guy preach for an hour. <laughs> like, it's been awesome and the presence of God is here, but <sighs> got things to do today, you know. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to preach for now. One of the reasons we booked the room a little bit longer was so that we could, um, well, a few months ago, we thought, wouldn't it be great once we prayed for Matt and Kate to have some food, have some some fellowship time and get people to have a chance to just chat to Matt and look him in the eyes and Kate and say how much they love them. And then, you know, COVID decided to do its thing again. And so it's just going to be teas and coffees, but we do want to make sure that our, our set down team are able to enjoy that. And so I'm going to try and keep this relatively quick. Um, but we'll, we'll just see what happens. Father, would you just help me keep it relatively quick? Amen. Uh, and, <laughs> and, 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 and anointed and, you know, powerful, powerful and stuff. Um, okay, let's read the Bible. Stephen King, can you run up to the stage and read for us? And while Stephen's running up, how incredible was it when Stephen just started... Praying, you know, it takes it takes a pioneer sometimes to kick something off, and um, you praying in your own native tongue was just amazing. Can you read if you want to have your Bibles open? Uh, Luke two, Luke two, verse eight, and you can just read my one from there. It's just the end of there. Sorry, that bit. Where is that bit? From from number eight, right? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, wow. Thank you, Jesus. I Guys, I love Jesus' word, honestly. It's amazing. Just been amazing today anyway. (laughs) I'm going to read from Luke 2, verse 8. Now there are shepherds in the same region, living out in the fields and guarding their flock at night. Suddenly an angel of Adonai stood before them, and the glory of Adonai shone all around them. And they were absolutely terrified. (laughs) But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Or behold, I proclaim good news to you, which will be great joy to all the people. A savior is born to you today in the city of David, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And the sign to you is this, you'll find an infant wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly a multitude of heavenly armies appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest 
and the earth shalom to men of all goodwill. Thanks, man. The angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim good news to all people, which will be of great joy. A savior is born to you today in the city of David, who is Messiah, the Lord. Amen. Well, we, look, we're going to talk about joy today. Um, and I'm conscious I'm preaching about joy when we've just, some of us are shedding tears because of Matt and Kate. And for some of you, I, I appreciate, I've been in churches before when somebody's getting prayed out and I'm like visiting that Sunday. And I'm like, I don't know who these guys are, um, but more Lord. Um, and it, it's going to mean different things to different people in the room. My very, very first uh, small group I was ever in, my fire, fire group as it was back then, um, was run by Dan. Um, I think in Dan Graham, if you remember Dan and Hannah Graham, in his bedroom, I think, sat on the floor. Um, and Matt was there. And I remember both being incredibly drawn to Matt um, just because he was like glowing with love for Jesus, but also a little bit intimidated because he was glowing with love for Jesus. And I didn't feel like I was glowing all that much. Um, and whenever we're doing something like this, there's what we see from someone ministering on a Sunday is only a portion of it, of what, of what their ministry, and that's, that's true for all of us. We do, the Lord does so much more through us behind the scenes. And I think knowing that there's, knowing how much Matt and Kate have done behind the scenes is one of the reasons why today is like exciting for me, but also it, it, it sucks. It's a bummer they're going. I don't want my friends to go. But I do want them to go because they're going to transform America and they're going to take the joy of the Lord with them. And if you've been around Matt and Kate, you know that they carry joy. Amen? And even if you, you don't, just watch Kate wander around for like 20 minutes after this service and just see if you pick up joy. Joy is an awesome thing, but joy is not, um, we, we've preached this and I'm sure you've all heard sermons, joy is not happiness, yada, 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 it's not circumstantial. We know, we know that joy and happiness are two different things, yeah? You don't need me to preach that to you. But the thing about joy that's a little strange is that I can be carrying it, but not always feeling it, and I can know I've got it. I've got joy. I've got the joy of the Lord. I do. I actually do have the joy of the Lord. I don't really feel it, though, <laughs> at this exact moment. And that's one of the weird paradoxes of being a follower of Jesus, that we have a joy that is unsurpassing, is a joy that is unfathomable, that when it is our time, and I don't know if you sing that, when you, think, you, you sing that song that Steve led us in, um, and on that day... Uh, what's the words? On that day when my strength is fading and my time has come. I think about that. I, I just have a picture of lying in bed as an old man, like old version of Alistair. Um, which I presume looks pretty much exactly like this, just with a few more, like, a few more wrinkles. Um, but like, I think on that day when my strength is fading, you know, my time has come. I got a joy that that's not the end of the line for me. That's not the end of the line for you. And all of this, will all of this just be the blink of an eye? 
we got a joy that surpasses, and this is a joy that we carry out into the world. And this is this is where this is the first evangelizing of the gospel. Now, there's there's stories of John. Um, uh, and Elizabeth and John gives um, in in Luke one he gives a a sort of prophetic word about the removal of sins and um, what what the Lord is going to do through Mary's child. But this is the first time that like the common man outside of a temple hears about the gospel. And uh, I don't know about you this this story. Each time we revisit Christmas, it. You know, we're all very familiar with this story. I, I was pondering this week what my first memory of Christmas was. And I wonder what your first memory of it. I wonder if you sort of went back in your memory banks. Where, what do you think of the very first Christmas that you can kind of remember? And my mind goes through a few kind of chronological things. I think the thing that actually was my very, very first memory of Christmas was performing a nativity in my nana's living room with my brother and my two cousins... And my my two uh, my brother is older than me. My uh, cousin um, Claire is older than me as well. And then I'm the next one. And then my cousin Hannah underneath me. And I'm pretty sure there are photos of me looking so incredibly miserable, <laughs> performing this nativity. I'm wearing a thing. I think everybody except for me is wearing a tinfoil crown. Uh, made out of, you know, like cooking foil. And I think I'm at the back, and even though I'm not the youngest, my brother and my older cousin are Mary and Joseph. My other cousin is one of the kings, and I'm just like some random shepherd. Like, there's only four people in the cast, and I'm like at the back as unnamed shepherd. And I remember like as a little kid being like, this is, I'm not happy about this, I don't want, you know, like that kind of the, the kid in the school play who's just crying? Um, and everyone else is like singing the songs and there's this one kid who's just like, <gasps> like on the side. So that was my first memory of Christmas. Um, but it's this story, it's this same story, it's the same story we hear every year, it's this, the story of Christmas. And it's, the two things I want to just say is, one, let's just think for a few moments about who this first evangelizing, this is what they're proclaiming, this is what the angels say, we're proclaiming to you the, the, the good news, it's the, the word evangel, uh, evangelize. Let's just have a think about who this good news was proclaimed to, and then let's think about what this good news actually means. And I hope it's going to be simple enough for when you go from here, once a couple of days of your life has happened, you'll still remember what we talked about today. So I want to just talk about um, the circumstances of Christmas going in. And I know for some of us, some of us, we can't wait for Christmas. It's family and friends, food, spending time, rest, all of that. I get that. Many, for many people, that's Christmas. For other people, Christmas is hard work. Family is tough. Finances are tight. You name it. And, for, and probably for most of the rest of you, you're somewhere in the middle. But the people who received the message, these, these shepherds who got the message up on their hill. It's a very interesting crowd to receive the first proclamation of the gospel. And I'm sure you know, I'm sure you've studied and gone through various things about the shepherds and the different characters in the story. But the, the shepherds really were at the near the bottom of the social ladder. Um, let me just read a couple of things. This is John MacArthur on the shepherds. So the good news of the Saviour's birth came first to the to a most unlikely group of people. 
Shepherds were at the bottom of the social ladder. They were uneducated, unskilled, increasingly viewed in the, in the post-New Testament era as dishonest, unreliable, unsavory characters, so much so that they weren't even allowed to testify in court. Because sheep required care seven days a week, shepherds were unable to fully comply with the Sabbath uh, man-made Sabbath re regulations developed by the Pharisees. As a result, they were viewed as being continually in violation of religious laws, hence ceremonially unclean. So kind of, I, I mean, you could say, wow, it sucks to be a shepherd. This is still in a this is still in a in a community where Abraham was a shepherd, Moses was a shepherd, David was a shepherd. So it wasn't it wasn't like the tax collector low, but it wasn't high either. If you were considered to do a job that constantly made you ceremonially unclean, you're constantly in violation of law by the religious leaders of the day. Like you're not you're not flying high. In the, in the eyes of other people. And this is the group that, that the Lord gave the, uh, the message from the angels to. And um, he goes on to say, and I, I find this really interesting, the announcement, the most significant ever given to sinful men, was given to lowly, unclean shepherds, which reminds us of Jesus' first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. These people who were, who were just bomb of the pile, out in the cold, on the hills, watching sheep seven days a week. These are the guys who had the gospel first preached to them. Now, they weren't the people who were around John um, and Elizabeth when John gave that word in the temple. They weren't in the temple. They didn't have time to be in the temple. These are just ordinary people, low people, not particularly holy people. But they were chosen by God to hear the message of Jesus Christ, to hear the good news. Now, I don't know how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your walk with God. And some people are very confident in this room, I know, in their walk with God. And rightly so, because you've trusted Jesus, you've walked through healing, you've, you've given your life to pursuing Jesus as master, as saviour, as friend. And there's a confidence that comes from God. And that's, that's right and that's good. And I'm not need, I'm, I don't need you to pretend to be a shepherd right now. But some people in this room and some people online do not see themselves well when they look in the mirror. You don't think of yourself well. I find it very interesting that the good news was preached to the low first. And we love the, the wise men. The wise men, love, you know, traveled, they followed the star. And following a supernaturally moving star is pretty good. Like, in terms of testimonies, I followed a star that moved through the sky until it landed over a shed. Yes, that's a pretty good testimony. Tell me yours. Like, that's a good one. I think if I offered the two, do you want to be with the wise men with their camels and their stuff and their star? Or do you want to be with this group of people who saw the angels and the glory of God and the announcement of Jesus? Which, which of these two testimonies would you like to be in? Which of these two people groups? I think I'm going to be over here with these guys. It's a phenomenal testimony. And you've got to remember that this is after four to 500 years of nothing. 
The Old Testament finishes. You turn that one page over, 400 pages in one turn. Nothing had happened. No glory falling in the temple. No judge or prophet rising up and, you know, posting a word. Nothing. Absolute silence. And then the same glory. I'm going to read it out because I think this is amazing. The same glory that appeared to Abraham in Ur, which is recorded in Acts 7, the same glory that Moses encountered on Mount Sinai, the same glory as the tabernacle in Exodus 40, the same glory that appeared at the dedication of Solomon's temple in 1 Kings 8, the same glory as Ezekiel saw depart the temple in Ezekiel 10. For more than 500 years, the nation of Israel had been without a visible sign of God's presence among his people. Now, the glory for which Israel had so long waited had been revealed to humble, believing shepherds in a field, not unbelieving priests in a temple. Nobody's got it. And the somebody's just carried on doing what they were doing. Nobody's got it. And I would love Catch the Fire London to be a 10,000-person church that influences the world like Bethel or Hillsong or whatever. And maybe that's in this church's future. I don't know. But right now, we're, we're nobodies. And I don't say that to make anyone feel bad, but we're not presidents in this room. We're not prime ministers in this room. We're just humble people gathering to sing songs to Jesus and to read his word and encourage each other and make disciples of all nations. We're, we're normal people aren't we? I mean, we're sons of the most high king. Yes, that makes me kind of abnormal. But I'm also just a guy. And the Lord says, you know what? People like you, you get to see the glory. You get to hear about Jesus. And I want to just throw that out because I know there may be one or two people who may just be thinking, you know what, you have to look a certain way. You have to have a number of followers on Instagram. You have to have a number of retweets on your thing. You need to have an album or a ministry or whatever to encounter the glory of God. No, you do not. Those things are wonderful blessings from the Lord, but they are not prerequisites for going into the presence of Jesus. Every single one of us has the ability to stand on a hill and get blown away by angels. The Lord... By his grace, he chooses this. He chooses it by his grace. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. It's a gift. And it's a gift that we get reminded of each Christmas. And it's not a twee little play that you put on in your nan's living room. Although it is that sometimes. <laughs> each year we go, we revisit this story. Because it reminds us of the simple things. The grace of God. But let's get to the message itself, because this is meant to be about joy, and I, I could be getting serious and start bumming people out. Um, <laughs> okay. The second point that I want to talk about is why this message can and should bypass whatever's going on in our lives right now. Why this message can and should bypass whatever is going on in our lives right now. And I'm, I just wrote a little scribble here. That includes COVID, struggle, plateauing, fear, sin, etc. So if anyone's feel, fearing COVID, struggle, plateauing, fear, sin, or etc., then this message is for you. Amen. Thank you. 
Nikki and somebody else. Okay, let me just reread the message. This is verse 10. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. That's one. For behold, I proclaim to you good news. That's two. To you which will be, for, which will be great joy. That's three. To all the people. A saviour is born for you today in the city of David, who is Messiah, the Lord. The little equation that's being spoken here is one, do not fear. Two, good news has been proclaimed. Three, the result will be great joy for you and all people. It's real simple. Don't fear. Good news is yours. Therefore, you have great joy. Now, it doesn't say, therefore, great happiness, so start smiling, guys. Come on, start smiling. Let me see those smiles. Wider, wider. It's the angels aren't sort of emotionally conditioning the shepherds to feel happiness. It says actually that the, the shepherds were terrified. And I, I do think that that don't fear was actually for them in that moment. Don't fear. It's okay. But I think the don't fear is also for us because it says don't fear... For behold, I proclaim to you good news. There's a don't fear for them right there in that moment, but there's also a don't fear because what's coming is good news. What's being given to you is good news. Wow, some guys are looking real serious at me. It's good news. It's good news. A savior is born. Messiah, David's city, the good news, the gospel. The good news has come. Gospel. Tom used to preach this loads. Eugelion. It's, it's used so many times in the New Testament. Eugelion. It is the name of the word for gospel, the word for good news. Two real common translations of Eugelion. One is the news of a soon coming wedding. The good news is the announcement of a soon coming wedding. And I know, you know, in Christian circles, people get married all the time. And, you know, if you're anything like me, you get an invite through the post. And you're like, hooray, that's excellent. And you're also like, oh, man, I've got to buy another gift for someone. You know, <laughs> it's another Saturday in July gone, you know, which is, just shows how healed and how, you know. Please do keep inviting me to your weddings. It's not, I don't want you to. Don't want you to sort of assume that I'm I'm really anti-weddings. I love weddings. They're very long. They're very long. You got to stand up a lot in weddings. Um, the announcement of of a wedding. Imagine. I mean, I don't need to go on a big analogy about this. A wedding that you are so passionately excited about being at. A wedding you are so excited about being at, and you got one of the invites. That's good news. That's when we evangelize, when we talk to people outside this building about the good news of God. It is a wedding that you are invited to. It is a celebration. This is not a pair of handcuffs for you from a religious institution that just wants you to be miserable. This is the invitation to the bride marrying the bridegroom. That's what you get invited to. But it's also more than a wedding. It's Eugelion means the announcement of victory in battle. A victory in battle. This good news is an invitation to a marriage, to a celebration. This is also letting you know that a battle has been won. And I don't know how it's both of those. I don't understand how it's both of those, but it is. And so this good news that was given to the shepherds, don't fear. Good news is yours. And the result is joy. The result is 
great joy for all the people. If any of you are super, super keen, hands up if you like The Chosen. Anyone watch The Chosen? Okay, if any of you are super keen, you can stay up till 1 a.m. tonight when they will be premiering the new Christmas film that they've made, which is a, I believe it's an update of the pilot they did for The Chosen, which was uh, called The Shepherd, which you can find on YouTube for free. Go home and watch it. It's like 13 minutes long. It is incredible. And it is The Shepherd's Journey. And it's really moving. It's incredibly moving. And I haven't seen this new film. They've been showing it in the States in cinemas but uh, they're, they're putting it on their app, chosen app for free. So go, go home and watch that. Um, because you get a sense of what it must have been like just to be a random, run-of-the-mill shepherd, just going about your day. And then suddenly you get to see angels saying, don't fear. Good news has come. You can have great joy. And the joy sometimes will be happiness. You know when Steve was leading us in worship? There was like fire in the room. There was passion in the room. And I was feeling, I was feeling something. I was like, Lord, is this great joy? Is that, is that what I'm getting? Or am I, is this the fire or the whirlwind of your presence? Like, how do I describe this? I don't want to say it's great joy when it turns out to be all-consuming fire. Or, you know, does it matter what I know? Does it matter that I can describe it? What is it? It's the presence of God. But all of last week, you know, we had a great retreat with friends and uh, the team. But there was a couple of late nights when baby woke up in the middle of the night and I sat on our bedroom floor kind of feeding him and stuff. And I had a couple of days where I just was yawning all the time. And I knew I was preaching on great joy. Like, come on, smile, Alistair. Like, this is, yes, great joy should be seen on the face. Okay, miserable Christianity, be done with that. Be done with it. We don't exist for that. Yeah? We don't exist for miserable Christianity. It's not why this church was planted. It's not why we all get out of bed. It's not why we, you know, set all of this up and settle down in five, you know, in an hour. This church exists for passionate, intimate, real communion with Jesus. And sometimes the joy of that, sometimes I've learned looking at my little son that I feel great joy and my face does nothing other than like my mouth is open a little bit as I just stare and think this little package is a miracle and I feel great joy. And so what am I saying? Am I saying smile more? Kind of. Am I saying don't worry if you're not smiling all the time? Maybe. What I want you to capture is don't fear. Good news is here. Therefore, you have great joy. And that is going to carry some of you through the difficult parts of Christmas that are coming up. That's going to carry some of you through some family stuff that you're not actually looking forward to. And that's going to carry you through a conversation with somebody about God when you don't know what the next sentence out of your mouth is going to be. You just know it needs to be anointed. Great joy is going to carry you through those things. Why? Because Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is fuel in the tank. The joy of the Lord is a solid wall up against your back when you just feel like life is just pushing you back and back and holds you steady. The joy of the Lord is more than I have words to describe. 
But scripture says it's strength. And that's from a guy who was trying to rebuild an entire city to be a dwelling place for the presence of God, working with prophets and priests, which I imagine was kind of hard work. And also, (laughs) one laugh there. (laughs) Because prophets and priests are really easy to work with. That's the joke. (laughs) And also being constantly hounded by people outside of the city who wanted to murder him. That's the guy who said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's the guy who's following his calling. He says, I've got this gigantic project that the Lord has given me. It's like four books of the Bible on that, that rebuilding of the city. And he says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what gets me through. That's what gets me past the hurdles. So I want to, I want to do a uh, Steve. I wonder, can we jump up and we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up so we can get into our our time. I want to do some declarations to finish because we declared some stuff earlier and it's powerful. Um, sometimes we like to minister by laying on of hands and things like that. I think I felt preparing for today that actually declaring some things about fear. And declaring some things about joy would be very helpful for people in the room. But I am going to put an offer out, and I'm not, I don't need anybody to do this, but I want to give you the offer. If you know that right now, you don't necessarily feel like you've got a lot of joy in your tank, or you don't feel like you've got a lot of, what what am I thinking? You don't necessarily feel. Like you can stand up and start punching the air and declaring things and looking really confident because you're just tired. If anyone's feeling fatigued or a bit tired or just spiritually a bit dry, I want to offer that you would just come up to the front and we'll just have a couple of team just near the front. Just raise a hand over you and come and essentially come alongside your prayer and strengthen your prayer with their prayers. Does that make sense? So if you feel that, hey, you know what? I'm just running on fumes right now. I don't know if I've got it in me to start stamping my feet and declaring things. That's okay. It's got to be okay to not be okay. But for the rest of you, what we're going to do is we're going to stand and we're going to do one declaration. We're going to speak out. I'm going to lead a prayer. You repeat it. And we're just going to make a declaration against fear. You can stand up as you, as you feel ready. We're going to speak against fear. We're going, to, we're going to let our words be empowered by the Holy Spirit to come out and speak over our circumstances, speak over our souls, speak over our lives, speak over what we're going into, speak over what we're going through. And we're just going to, with the breath in our lungs, we're going to speak out against fear. And then once we've done that, we're going to declare good news and great joy over our lives, our families, and our descendants. We're just going to, you know, (laughs) there's a, I, I, I watch TV sometimes, and in my mind, I just get these glimpses, these flashes. I just had a flash of, uh, Captain Picard in Star Trek going, make it so. Make it so. A little flash of a guy in the Star Wars TV series 
who finishes every sentence with the words, I have spoken. It's like, we are going to go to bed now. I have spoken. <laughs> like, we're going to declare something. We're going to make it so. We're going to say, I have spoken. And, it, and it's done. Amen. So why don't you close your eyes and look at Jesus. We, we worship you, King Jesus. This is what uh, John, I'm going to just read John's prayer, John's prophecy, just before we do this. Your child, this is Jesus, will be called prophet of God. He will go before God to prepare his ways and give knowledge of salvation to his people through the removal of their sins. Through God's heart of mercy, the sunrise on high will come upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the ways of peace. This is Jesus. So as we speak against fear, if you feel like you are sat in darkness or at the shadow of death and you need your feet guided in the ways of peace, look to Jesus right now we're going to pray I'm going to read a sentence you speak it out let's go God of all creation let's do it together God of all creation my father I trust the message that you gave the angels to release to the shepherds And to all mankind, you said, do not be afraid. So as an act of my will, and with my ability to choose through faith, I agree with the angel's message. I will not be afraid. I will not fear. I will not give in to despair. I will not allow intimidation to rule me. I will not be drowned out by what ifs. I will not let my hope in you be extinguished. I trust you, God. When you say, don't be afraid, I will not be afraid. I ask for wisdom to navigate the things that are before me. But right now I choose to not fear COVID, to not fear sickness, to not fear heartache, to not fear loss, to not fear family, to not fear finances, to not fear loneliness, to not fear the times that I failed or the chance that I might again I choose not to fear the future. I choose not to fear the power of sin. I choose to take you at your word, God. Because I have Jesus in my life. I don't need to serve fear any longer. I serve Jesus with all my heart and soul. 
and that makes me free. Amen. Just settle in that for a moment. Just pause. Just see if the Holy Spirit wants to say anything to you as a result of what you've just spoken out. has come the Lamb of God the King of all the world Messiah Jesus He has come into our world He has come into my life and so I declare good news over my life I declare great joy over my life I declare it over the lives of my family over all my descendants, over all those I live with, all those I work with, all those I interact with, I declare that Jesus is good news. I remind myself, I stir myself, I replant myself in the truth of the gospel been won. There is a soon coming wedding and the hope that we have always needed has come to us. No circumstances in my life can eclipse this truth. No sin can hold its ground against Jesus. I have the good news of Christ rooted deeply in my heart. So I remind my soul, my brain, my body, my spirit, my heart, you can claim great joy right now and you never need to let it go. Great joy.